Well, welcome back to another episode of I Know I Know. I'm your host, Hudson Rainey, and I'm joined, oh no, not him again, Max Como. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's me again. <laughs> so when we thought about doing another episode together, we were kind of thinking about doing a compilation type sorts. And we decided to do 20 songs from the 70s, like per se, the Beatles broke up and they had their solo careers. Paul had his success with Wings and yada, yada, yada. And they reunited to do one album. And this was the album of all their material from the 70s. Right. So first of all, we want to wish a happy birthday to Bob Dylan. Today is his 80th birthday of recording, May the 24th. Indeed. Yes. And I know you're a Dylan nerd, correct? Well, you know, I, am I a Dylan nerd? I'm, I'm definitely a Dylan fanatic. That's for sure. Okay. Love, love just about every era of his career. And uh, today, as I was spinning uh, some Dylan songs, uh, just, just on streaming, uh, and then I played a couple of vinyls, but as I was streaming, I was really making a point of jumping from 1962 to 1981 to then 2006 and then 2020, because the, the truth is, is with Bob Dylan, much like with Paul McCartney, whom we're going to be talking about today, we have just a wealth of material and not every single album is a classic or a masterpiece by any means, but just about every album has a gem. And that goes for McCartney, that goes for Dylan, and that goes for, you know, even George Harrison. His life was a bit shorter than, than, than Bob and Paul, but man, he, he had a lot of gems throughout the, the, the years as well. You sure about that with Paul? Almost definitely. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I won't get you started again. Hey, I can find a gem or two or three gems on every single Paul McCartney album. I have trouble with Press to Play, not a favorite album, but give me Footprints, give me Only Love Remains, give me Right Away, which is a like a track that's not on the original vinyl, yeah. but it was on the original CD. Right Away is fantastic. So I have trouble with Stranglehold and Move Over Busker and Talk More Talk, but there are still gems on that album. Not with the podcast. I don't want to get uh, Kid O'Toole is going to be really mad at one of my picks, but um, okay. I was just talking about the lifespan <laughs> of the George. Lifespan. Of George. Oh, being right. Shorter yes. than Paul's. Yes. Yes. Plug for our episode that we did together on that. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, so, should we get this started? Yes. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, oh, I have. Oh, I know it will. This is going to be controversial. My opening track will be really controversial. Okay, and I am, I'm just going to grab a pen because I'm a bit of a playlist nerd. So I'm going to want to list the songs that you're going to name. Because you're going to change them? I want to play this online. Oh, good, good idea. And I'll link that playlist in the description. So what is your opening song? What is mine? Yes. You know, being the Paul fanatic that I am, I made a point of not picking a Paul song to, to open up my playlist. I started it up with Love Comes to Everyone, which is the opening track on George Harrison's uh, 1979 eponymous album, believe it or not. And I'm not proud to admit this, but it's the only George album I own on vinyl. I'm really, I'm really just starting my George vinyls. I don't have very much John on vinyl either. I have everything Paul has released on vinyl. Well, you know, let it's us gettable. <laughs> most of what he's released. Let's put it that way, because I mean, the man has just, I'm not talking single, I'm talking the albums. I'm an album yeah. guy. I own all his albums, uh, the ones that are available. And I, I, you know, but anyway, I digress. Love Comes to Everyone, a great opener. Yeah, I mean, that, it was a single, but it wasn't a big hit. No, I, it was not a big hit. And it's not featured on that really 
pretty solid great assist that they put out back in I think 2002 I want to say nine that was, I didn't like that great assist very much no it, it didn't have anything from 33 and a third mm, right you're right and it I had like had live versions good glimpse into the career and it was it was user friendly it made you appreciate oh, okay so there's more to his solo career than all things must pass because I mean, I think that casual Beatles fans or, you know, the general public, I don't think they know very much from George past a couple of hits from All Things Must Pass. Would you agree with me? Yeah, maybe Cloud Nine and maybe Living in the Material World and maybe a hmm. couple songs from the self-titled like Blow Away or All Those Years Ago. Maybe. But I, I think if you were around in those days then yes, there's a good chance you'll know those songs. But I think, you know, you're a very young generation of, of fans. I'm a, I'm 40 now, so I'm, you know, whatever, the 90s generation of fans, I guess. Um, but, I, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, the, the new fans and I count you in there, of course. You know, I don't think there is very much George Harrison out there. And that's kind of a shame because he has a lot of gems. But I don't think people know very much uh, other than, uh, you know, My Sweet Lord. Yeah, and it wasn't oh, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was featured in that movie, the I, first or the second one. I think that I think it was featured in the second one. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, great song. I've always... That was, I think that was the first George album I actually owned. Right. And well, heard. It was for me too. I mean, I, I bought the uh, the remaster that came out in, uh, again, I'm going to screw 2004. up. 2004. 2004? Yes. I think that's the year. Is it possible they put one out in like 99 before George's passing? They just did that of all things must pass, I think. Right. That is that is what I was uh, referring to, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, but, oh, but you meant you meant like the, um, the the Dark Horse Years box. Right. Yes. Yes. Which is which is a must own. That's a fantastic box. Yeah. So, what's your first uh, song? So I had to pick a Paul song because I need to be controversial and. Yeah. I wanted to open with Mumbo. <laughs> All right. Wildlife has always been one of my favorite Wings albums, and I love Mumbo. It's probably my favorite song on there. I love the Take a Tony, and yes. the screaming, and the woo. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really liked it when um, a good friend of the show made an impression of that on his um, series called Ranking the Tracks. Um, there you go. I won't let his name be heard. Um, <laughs> Mumbo is listening. one of those tracks that sounds like a real F you, you know? It's yeah. like, hey, I just gave you Ram, which is a masterpiece, <laughs> and you didn't give me any love for that? Well, here, I'm just going to jam out, and I'm going to scream, and I'm going to let my demons out, and it's not going to make any sense, but at the same time, it's going to make all the sense in the world. That's Mumbo to me. Paul had to give his um yes yeah. that's that's the Paul that I like I like rocking Paul I like in your face Paul yeah I so like small C Paul too I have to admit but if you have you give me the answer on here I am gonna lose it well I I, I don't actually I I'm, maybe I'm maybe this that's a spoiler I guess but no I don't have it on here but I have to say you gave me the answer just the just the guy sitting down at the piano during that Wings tour in 1976 and just playing it away and doing it with such ease. I don't know. I think that's a pretty cool track. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand the vocals on it. I, I, I find he's having fun and he sounds a little bit like, um, um, why am I forgetting his name now? Cheek to cheek. Uh, his his name will come back to me. Uh, you know the the, the great uh, star of the musicals of the the twenties and thirties. I know who you're talking about, time. but I can't think of it. Yes, 
anyway, um, I think he's just, I, I don't know. I think he sounds great uh, on, on there. Uh, should we go into our second track? Yes. What is the number two track for you? Uh, another song about love. It's a John Lennon song and it's going down on love. Oh, I love that. Love that song. And there's that quote from Help in there. Somebody yeah. please help me. Yeah. You know, it's I definitely mean, a wink at Help. He that so wanted to re-record that song in a slower tempo. That's like, that's his wink at that, I find. As, as a listener, that's what I hear. Yeah, and the vocals on that song. That is my favorite John Lennon's al well, Lennon album, hands down. Like, it doesn't hold up to anything other than that he did in his solo career. I mean, Mind Games is a close second, but right. that whole album and that is just one of the strongest songs. And I love that, those bongos, the band. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But, yeah. And it's, it's very sensual. There's something very sensual about it. And it sounds very easy and honest coming out of his mouth. There's nothing forced about it. There's nothing um, put on about it. It's just, it's John and it's very, very close to my heart. I absolutely love that track. And it frustrates me that I never see it on any type of collection. Yoko puts out a, a new John Greatest Hits every two or three years. I, I'm Frankly, I'm a bit surprised that she's never included that song on Working Class really. Hero, Give Me Some Truth, Lennon Legend, Lennon Collection. I mean, there's there have been so many, but never going down on love. And it's a shame. It's a great song. Yeah, I think she likes to shine away from the Walls and Bridges period because she wasn't in the picture. Right. That makes so, a lot of sense. She'll include Bless You, though. You don't like Bless You? I don't like Lennon falsetto. Hmm. I don't know. There's something about Bless You that I really love. It, it, it doesn't... That sounds a little bit like it took some effort. That doesn't yeah. sound effortless. <laughs> Not know? like one day at a time. <laughs> right, right. Um... But yeah, no, I, I like Bless You. I'll, I'll go to bat for that one. But yeah. What's your second song? This is, this may be my favorite George Harrison solo song. And I don't, if it was released today as a single, it would have been a number one hit. And I don't know why it was not a single. I don't know what George was thinking. Beautiful Girl. Hands down my favorite George solo song. Very, very nice uh, pick. And I have to admit that although I do like that track, I it's not a track that I go back to very often. So now you're making me kind of want to give it another uh, spin from 33 and a third. Yeah, I love, I love the way that she smiled at me. I knew it there and then that she was a one. <laughs> That's just like, Pierre George. Yeah. Um, He's definitely, he was a ladies man for, for sure. 100%. Yeah. More so than, than even Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I firmly believe that. Yeah. Constant I, charmer. Yeah. Just like me. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful girl. Nice, uh, nice choice. See, this is why doing these things is so much fun is because you get to hear other people's um, favorites and sort of it'll it'll redirect me. I'm I'm gonna give Beautiful Girl a listen as soon as we're done. Yeah, I mean, I love the slide guitar solo in there. I think George is just such a beautiful guitar player and still underrated by a lot of people. Everybody goes to Paul for being a guitar player. I'll say he's the best one there technically, but George technically, was great yeah. too. Yeah, and, and and the thing with George is that he has early moments, early moments of brilliance, uh, from as early as with the Beatles. You know that solo on "Till There Was You" is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I mean, the solo on "All My Loving" is gorgeous, very Chet Atkins, and very unique. You know, I mean, that's that solo can't be played any other way. Yeah, and. And he was just fantastic. And I, I wish he toured more and I wish 
yeah. that I was around to see him. I mean, I wasn't born when he died. So no, I know that's which is which is insane. Yeah, does that scare you? <laughs> it doesn't scare me. It 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 amazes me because it reminds me of how this thing is constant. Fifty years from now, there's a twelve year old that's going to listen to the Red album for the first time, and he's his mind is going to be blown. And there will be millions of other kids uh, in the same country that will have have that same love for the Beatles. So imagine on the entire planet. I mean, this this will go on. This will keep going on. My parents were surprised in 1995 when I became obsessed with the Beatles, and I was 15 years old. They were like, "But like, why the Beatles? They haven't been around since 1970, 10 years before you re you were even born." but it doesn't matter to us. We connect with these people's music. And, you know, they're not unique in, in terms of, you know, I, I see young people getting into Elvis, young people getting into Ella Fitzgerald, uh, you know. So, I mean, there are many artists that people will forever love, but I mean, the Beatles are in a very, very special place. So no, nothing surprises me or nothing scares me about younger people falling in love with the Beatles. There's so much to fall in love with. Does it scare you that you're that old though? Ah, uh, no, it doesn't. I mean, you know, everything's up and down. You, you have the highest highs of your life at 40 and you have the lowest lows of your, you know, life goes on. Life is what it is. And as a wise uh, man said, life begins at 40. Well, and, and I think uh, on some levels, I think that's absolutely true. I really, really do. Yeah, that's a long way there. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you're 14, right? Let's yes. remind the world out there. 14. Yes, 14. There you go. And 14, and he's talking about which mix of a George Harrison album or a John Lennon album was better. Well, the 2009 mix is vastly superior to, you know, it's great. Yeah. The circle goes on, my friend. So no, going to number three for you. Love and Song. It's the B-side to listen to what the man said. That's right. And a song that most people don't know. Uh, no. the Venus and Mars a, album is unheard of. True, and and you know it's it's Venus and Mars is a fantastic album. I think there are many highlights on that album. Um, not very many low points. I know you're not, of course, a fan of. You gave me the answer, but I love that album. I know or the Kiddo A side Fool. to this song. Excuse me. Or the A side to this song. I'm not uh, a fan of listen to what the man said. You're really not? It, it, it's, it doesn't scream number one hit to me. Oh, man, it does to me. It, <laughs> to me, the, the joy in that song and the bounce in that song is absolutely mind-blowing. It's catchy, but it's on the lower point for me. Okay. All right. That that's fair. That's fair. Love and song is um, to get back to it, it. It's a little bit lazy lyrically. I think maybe, uh, ar arguably, um, but it doesn't matter. There's such a, a beauty to it, and it's unusually dark for a Paul McCartney love song. Yeah, and I'm just googling. I just wanted to see if that was Geoff Britton on drums. I believe it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think he was a fantastic drum player. Um, still is, I mean, because he is still alive, even though he's not in the public. Right. But yeah, uh, great choice. And what were you saying about the Queen of Beatles media? Um, Kid O'Toole? Yes. I know that she's really not a fan of Magneto and Titanium Man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, if if Kid and I ever get a chance, I'm throwing this out there, Kid. If you're listening, if you're watching, uh, I would love to have a Beatles or solo Beatles conversation with you. You're amazing. Uh, but yeah, I know she really is not a fan of Magneto and Titanium Man. Just for the sound of the keyboards on that song, I'm a fan. I love that song. We'll get to that because. Um... I think that's just, that's my favorite song on Venus and Mars. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> what What's your number three? 
we're going to Lennon. We're going to a controversial album. We're going with New York City. New York City. I knew that was going to be on your list. I know you're a big fan of that song. Oh, yeah. I love the opening guitar riff. It's so reverby. I hate the production on this album. I but we do know for a fact that we are getting some time in New York City. Did you see that it was confirmed on somebody commented on John Lennon's Instagram page and they replied 2022. I I was not aware of that. That's pretty cool though, because I'm assuming that there are there there must there must be a lot of material, uh, you know, a lot of jams, a lot of stuff that I guess he would have done with Zappa and uh, with I think he was still, he was playing with Elephant's Memory at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, with uh, Gary Van Soik. And Gary, right. I know you're listening. Well, so there you go. I mean, there, there might be some you really- You have my email, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 yeah, I would think there would be some interesting outtakes uh, from there. I'll, I'll definitely be giving that a spin on Spotify, whether or not I'll be purchasing the box set. I don't know. Sometime in New York City is- it's a tough one for me, but I do love New York City and, and I back you up on that one 100%. To me, it's a sequel to Ballad of John and Yoko. Yeah, um, I, I like it better than Ballad of John and Yoko, but even though I really like that song. Um, yeah, I, I guess I like them kind of equally. I just have a real soft spot for Paul's harmonies on Ballad and, of John and Yoko. Yeah. Um, He's putting so much into a song that he could have just decided to say, oh no, I'm, I'm busy today. But no, he went into the studio with John without George and Ringo and gave it his all. And, and that for me, I can hear that on Ballad of John and Yoko and I, I love it. But anyway, again, I digress, sorry about that. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was my number three. What's your number four pick? My number four is an ode to Yoko. John wrote quite a few odes to Yoko and this, is arguably not that um, underrated or or hidden gem-ish because I think a lot of people are familiar with it, but I love Oyoko from Imagine. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. Love the harmonica. Love how much joy I can hear in John's uh, voice, which is not always the case because he was he was pretty dark in the early 70s. Uh, Plastic Ono Band is my favorite Lennon solo album, but it's not an album that I can listen to just any day. Yeah. It's an album that I need to invest and prepare for almost, you know? Um, whereas um, Oyoko on Imagine, Imagine has some really heavy dirges on there. I don't want to be a soldier. Give me some truth. How do you sleep? I mean, there is a lot of vitriol on an album supposedly about peace and love, but Oh Yoko is pure love and it's goofy and it's childlike and it's everything that he criticizes about Paul. Um, and it, but it's beautiful and it works. Yeah, um, I love that song. Imagine was my introduction to the Beatles, so. Right. I have a soft spot for everything on that album. It's, but yeah. It's a beautiful album, but and I listened to it recently. I, I on the 50th anniversary of Ram, I of course listened to Ram a ton. I think I listened to it a grand total of five or six times during the day. I had oh, the wow. day off, and so I listened to it on Spotify when I went on my run. I listened to it on vinyl, then I listened to it over dinner. Anyway, it was Ram Day. But before I went to bed, I decided, you know, John released Imagine a few months later. I'm going to give Imagine a spin because I want to see which one I prefer, which one speaks to me. And I already knew the answer. I prefer Ram. I, I'm sorry to all the Lennon lovers. I prefer Ram. I just do. But Imagine, of course, is one of the greatest songs ever written. So I listened to the whole, you know, the whole album. And it's it's heavy at times and man, do I ever wish that John was just a little bit more positive uh, on, on those early albums, but you know, he, he's being himself. Yeah. Um, but back to that, yeah. what's your yes. number four? 
Well, uh, my number four was Oyoko. What was okay. your number four? Um, my number four was a Ringo track. I went with early 1970. Always love that song. One of my favorite Ringo solo songs, period. B-side to it, Don't Come Easy. What hasn't been said about it? Right. And I have it in my list as well. Early 1970 is, I think, my favorite Ringo song because it really is written by him. I, I know probably George gave him plenty of help and so did John and, and Klaus and, you know, everyone had input, of course, but it clearly comes from him. You know, it's his diary entry. It's his uh, peace offering to all three of them, especially Paul, which he was a little bit estranged from at that point. It's beautiful. I love that song. So great, great pick. But yeah, so what's your number five track? Number five would be Some People Never Know. Love that. Love that song. Gorgeous acoustic melody. Beautiful Paul and Linda harmonies. Could have been on, on Ram had it been ready for Ram. Uh, I'd take it in place of long-haired lady, personally. <laughs> Uh, but that's just me. Uh, Ram is perfect as is. Don't change anything. But, you know, if, if that song had been an option, I would have said, what about some people never know? Get that on there. But anyway, yes, that's a beautiful song. It goes on a bit too long with, with the bongos at the end, but it doesn't matter. It's beautiful. It's beautifully recorded. It sounds like they're in your living room or in your backyard around a fire. It's gorgeous. I love it. It makes me happy. But yeah, I think that's a great song. It really so, is. Yeah. So my number five pick is I had to pick something for Back to the Egg because if you know me, I love Back to the Egg. Beautiful album. Oh, my favorite lineup of Wings, I'll be honest. Okay. That's oh. fair. Lawrence is extraordinary. Lawrence uh, is seriously one of the nicest people I've ever met. Right. Um. I had to choose the opening song, Getting Closer. Nice. I love to say you don't love him, my salamander. Yes, so do I, actually. I, I love that line, and I love that song. I could listen to that song repeat 1,500 times. Yes. I love Steve Hawley's. Right. And I love Lawrence's solo in there. It's it's the wing single that never was for me. Right. I don't know how it wasn't number one. Indeed. It's a great song. I, I feel like maybe if it had come out a year earlier or two years earlier, it might've been a hit. Maybe it was just a little bit out of step in 1979, perhaps. But I mean, honestly, I don't get it either. It, it should have been a huge hit. You're absolutely correct. I think if Good Night Tonight was on that album, and daytime, nighttime suffering, take a couple of the ballads off the side too. It would have been a big album. My biggest problem on Back to the Egg, and I love Denny Lane and I love his songs, but I really am not a fan of Again and Again and Again. Okay. <laughs> we disagree, but. Okay. I just, to me, it sounds like a really good pub band playing a pretty good pub rock song. It doesn't, it doesn't have that wings magic for my money, or at least it doesn't fit with the rest of the flow of the album. Maybe um, that that's, it's my only issue on back to the Egg Cause I really do love that album big time. Well, moving on to your number six pick. What is that? My uh, number six pick is a B side by George Harrison possibly the best B-side of his career, Deep Blue. Oh, good choice. It didn't make the cut, but it was close. And it, you know, it's turning 50 this year. It sounds like your favorite George Harrison song off of disc two of the White Album. You know, it, it sounds, it's perfectly George. And I was listening to the lyrics this afternoon and it was the first time I, I really actually uh, like read the lyrics as I was listening to the track. And it's, and it's beautiful. You know, it's about 
stepping out of the blue, stepping out of depression, getting away from the pressures and the stress. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It, it's not only a beautiful sounding track because the acoustic guitar and the, um, he's using a dobro guitar on there. It has a beautiful sound, but it's also lyrically rich. So yeah, deep blue all the way. I absolutely love it. Yeah, great choice. Um, so moving on for my next Harrison pick, I wanted to choose something from All Things Must Pass. This was the only cut that made it from the album. Wawa. <laughs> right. Bit Wawa of an is... obscure one for me. Yeah. The bad, bad. I, I know you're a musician and you can probably explain the technical bit like with the reverb and stuff, but I'm guessing that was um, Phil Spector. I still don't know how I feel about that album with Phil Spector. I go back and forth all the time. Right. But it's a, I, I've always just, that's my favorite song on the album, hands down. I try to get the obscure stuff other than the casual pick for my favorites right. personally. But yeah, I love the lyrics. It's a, it's his F you to the Beatles. Really. Yeah. Most definitely. And I, that's the way I hear it. And, and I like that that's exactly what it, what it is. And it just sounds like he's, again, he's venting. Uh, yeah. I think we all love hearing these four men vent. <laughs> I think yeah. we do. Like and I think when, sessions. absolutely. And I think when we hear them venting, but it doesn't sound authentic, like on something like I've had enough, from London Town. I like that song, but it doesn't sound very honest. It's it sounds like he's just, you know, doing a rock or it doesn't sound like he's getting something off his chest. And I think that's what's missing on a track like that. Exactly. When you vent, honestly, it, it we hear it and we feel it. Yeah. But I agree. But love love that song. But yeah. What's your uh what are we up to seventh? I, uh, well, I, you would be at your number seven now. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, well, I ha did you name your number six? My number six was, uh, was Deep Blue. Yes. Then I did Wawa. Oh, of course. Yes. So Wawa. your number seven. Yes. All right. My number seven would be, uh, the one that uh, was a little bit earlier in, in your list. So I'm not going to go on about it. Early 1970. I just, I love that song. I love that he has all those little references, the cookie from uh, John and the uh, beep beep uh, for Paul, which clearly is a wink wink at drive my car. And it's just, it's fun. I, I love her early 1970. And if, and if I were Ringo, I would be doing that live and I would be making sure that everyone who can needs to know that, that Ringo wrote this song because I think even a casual Beatles fan would be entertained by this song. I agree because I mean Ringo kind of gets shoved aside as a solo artist. He's done I mean as we were discussing with the show he's probably my least of the four but he has good stuff other than the Ringo album. I mean, he does, and the fact that early 1970 is his and that it definitely comes from his heart, he wants to play with these three guys all together, all four of them together. That's There's nothing he wants more. And that song is a hope that that happens in the near future. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I agree. But moving on to my number seven, Back to John, I have to pick this song from Mind Games. Gorgeous song. Out the Blue. Out the Blue is beautiful. It's one of the best love songs ever written. Um, I love the how it just starts out beautiful and then it just slams in with every day. Yes. And then lady. It sounds like mind games, oddly. Yeah, he it, he might have been in that sort of like mind frame in terms of structure and in terms of, of song building, you know. Uh, but yeah, what a what a beautiful beautiful song. 
Yeah, and that 2002 remix, as I always talk about, is the yes. only way to listen to that album. And yes. that just brings it out so well. And you can hear everything. You can hear Spinoza's guitar work. It's it's just pure brilliance. It's definitely the version I have on CD. Is it the version that is available on Spotify, though? No. No. The version on Spotify is the... It's 2010, which is junk i think okay interesting um if you need those send me an email send if you need to hear those remasters folks just send me an email it's definitely the cd version i have the 2002 is definitely the cd version i have because that's when i bought that album originally uh so yeah i definitely but love out the blue now go on to your next pick yes and and my next pick is also from uh, mind games it is only people oh i love <laughs> only people some people have called it a lazy power for the people a lazy instant karma it's john going through the motions writing yet another anthem and it he's copying himself i've heard all types of criticisms for that song you just but i love it <laughs> I, it was used in a campaign for, I can't remember what company, uh, but it was used in a campaign, I think for Microsoft, like about 10 years ago. Oh, I remember that. And at that time, I was not familiar with this song. I hadn't taken a deep dive into uh, John's solo material yet. And uh, I wasn't familiar with it. And I remember hearing it and saying, man, that sounds like such a great Beatles slash Lennon imitation. And then, of course, I find out it's an actual John Lennon song. So I love that song. I think it's fabulous. Yeah, love. Yeah, it's probably the one of the weaker songs on that album. I don't hate it, but I could live without it. Okay. I just find he sounds to me like he's having fun. Yeah. And, it, and that to me is worth something, especially with John. Yeah. But moving on to my next pick, I am going with the song Wings. But I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say that this is the 2012 version. Okay. Right. I don't like the original on Ringo the Fourth. I can't, I don't think I could tell you a single song off Ringo the Fourth. I've tried to like it, but I can't right. stand that album. <laughs> no, it's it that, that's a really tough one to get through. And and Bad Boy is pretty tough to get through as well. That one's okay. Um, but yeah, Wings is a Wings is a good pick. And and it's Co-Rope nice that he revisited Ponsia. that. Yeah. The only Ringo co-write co- I'll say redo that I like because right. I don't like it when Ringo needs to redo the same song over and over again. Yeah. Single pigeon. Yeah. Exactly. Single pigeon is my next pick. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Huge, huge fan of single pigeon to me, just a really comforting uh, Paul song that, you know, he just sits down at a piano looks out the window, sees a pigeon, 20 minutes later, he has a song. That's how it feels to me. And, and I love that about it. It just, it's naturally Paul. And it's a song that I'd like to think of in terms of the White Album. Um, it sounds to me like a little character vignette from the White Album. And, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And it never outstays its welcome. It lasts a minute 53 seconds it's just a beautiful little piece and the uh, brass section in that track beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah you're you're a big fan of red rose uh, i believe huge fan of red rose speedway i i am far from saying it's a perfect album and i understand people who dislike red rose speedway but it speaks to me and and comforts me in a way that Nothing else in Paul's uh, canon uh, can do quite the same way Red Rose can, for me personally. Okay. So moving on to my next pick, 
I'm going with my favorite song from Ram, Backseat of My Car. Backseat of My Car is brilliant. I would, this took a long time to like really be a big favorite because it was either this or Eat at Home that I was going to pick, oddly enough. Right, right. Um, and I put on the Half Speed Master earlier today and I was just listening to it and I was like, and I was just amazed. Those vocals, I can just crave, as weird yeah. as that sounds. I could listen to the, I won't even attempt to imitate Paul because I'll be sounding like Dylan in a second, but um, beautiful song. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, classic. And I kind of hope that we get to hear and see him play a bit of it, a bit of what he had uh, when the Peter Jackson uh, Get Back movie comes out. Because he was fiddling away at that song during the Let It Be sessions. Didn't have complete lyrics yet, but he was exploring and trying it out. So yeah, that's that's an epic classic song. I, I absolutely love it. Did you get the Half Speed Master just out of curiosity? I uh, ordered it and was told by Music Vaults uh, on Friday that uh, it wouldn't be shipped out until the 28th. Ooh. It is, uh, it, it has been really disappointing with, for me, my experiences with Music Vaults. Um, not going to go into it, but yeah, it's been disappointing. And But then I think you know, really, do I need this? I don't consider myself an audiophile. I'm a musician. I'm a music lover. I can listen to these tracks just on streaming platforms and get the same joy. But I love putting on a record. I love my my turntables. So yes, I want to have have Speed Mastered. I just had to get it. Ram is pretty much my favorite album ever. But man, it, it really, it makes me, yeah, it makes me shake my head that I'm yeah. going to have to wait for this one. But did you, it is what did it you is. have that same experience with the McCartney half speed? I, the exact same experience. Oh, I feel bad for you. Yeah. I just got the McCartney half speed. And I'll be really, <laughs> I'll be really honest with you about the McCartney half speed. And I know we're digressing, but let it be said, my favorite version to my ears that I've ever heard of McCartney is the archive release version on vinyl. The one that has his his name like that white border from the, the black archive. one, yeah, that black yeah. label. Well, but the white, um, yes, it is the black label on on the disc. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, and it's the one that comes with the bonus disc of those pretty terrible outtakes, uh, yeah. womankind, which is just horrendous. Ugh. We did not need women kind, but it's fun to listen to you. But nonetheless, that, that vinyl doesn't spin very much. Anyway, let's get back to our list. Um, whose turn is it? <laughs> Lose track of everything. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I mentioned single pigeon as, uh, my, and I mentioned backseat. There you go. Uh, my next one would be a George song and it would be, don't let me wait too long. Funny thing, that's my next pick. Wow. <laughs> Love that song. It's probably my favorite on that album. Um, For me, it, it's probably Blow Away, but you know what? Uh, not Blow Away. Um, give uh, Me Love. Yeah, exactly. Give Me Love. <laughs> and I don't know why. I've mixed up the titles of those two songs regularly. Actually, brainwashed? I, do, I discovered both of them on The Very Best of George Harrison that came out in the 2000s, uh, that that black and white album Olivia put together. I, I discovered both songs at the same time, so they, they sort of mix in my mind. But yeah, um, Don't Let Me Wait Too Long. Isn't that a great song? It is. Um, I, I don't know why in the world it wasn't a single. I don't know what George was thinking or if it was just the record company being idiots, right. but that would have been a number one. and. There was not another single released on Living in the Material World, and that could have used another single. Same with Red Rose, and same with Mind Games, same yeah. with every solo Beatles album. 
that right. was released in 1973, except for Ringo and Band on the Run. <laughs> and and that's the crazy thing is, you know, the last uh, three songs that I named are all 1973 songs. I've I've said this a million times, but what an incredible year 1973 was for probably Beatles. the best for the solo Beatles. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Paul with Band on the Run, Red Rose Speedway earlier in the year, uh, Live and Let Die, um, John has Mind Games, George has Living in the Material World, and Ringo comes out with an a masterpiece. Movie. Yeah, it's it's a great album. So, yeah. I mean, go figure. Ringo is the one that who's, you know, we don't expect much from, but then we get this extraordinary album. It must have been great to be alive as a Beatle fan in 1973. And do you get the red and the blue albums? I mean, yes, fun times. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I still love the red and blue albums. They're not perfect. I hate how underrepresented Revolver is on the red album. And how you know overrepresented what? Rubber Soul is. They're all songs that I love. Yeah. So I wouldn't say overrepresented. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. It is overrepresented in terms of if you're going to compare with Revolver for sure but in the end it feels like those two albums you should just get the whole thing you yeah. know which of course we fanatics do yeah but um my next song is also a 1973 song and it's uh Sunshine Life for me oh Sail Away Raymond love that song absolutely great and I love that it's on uh on an E chord uh, the whole the whole thing is just a vamp on an E. It's a very simple sort of blues kind of uh, monotonal thing, but it works beautifully. And it's again uh, a song about escaping the miseries and and stepping into the sun. It's very uh, similar to uh, Deep Blue in terms of the feeling of it. And both were written by George, so it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, love that song. But my next pick going to John Lennon, yeah. I chose What You Got. What You Got is fantastic. Probably the, my favorite off of Walls and Bridges. I love that. Banner, 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 banner. And yeah. I love the horn gasms in it. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first time I ever heard What You Got was the version that was on the Lennon anthology box set. Oh, interesting. And it's a version of him just doing the chorus. You don't know what you got until you lose it. And he's just repeating that over and over. And he's trying, you feel like he's trying to build a song around it, but he hasn't quite come up with it yet. And I love it just like that as a little mantra, kind of like, uh, can you take me back from the White Album? It's like just this little half-finished idea but I also love it the way it appears eventually on Walls and Bridges fantastic choice but yeah so what's your next pick uh my next pick is maybe the most controversial of the list in terms of it's been on every John Lennon greatest hit so how is this possibly underrated or a, 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 a hidden gem but cold turkey okay I, I don't love think that's underrated turkey. at all well, I, I feel like Cold Turkey is one of those songs that, you know, it can be sort of forgotten because it's more of a, it's it's tougher to access song, you know? It's, yeah. It's not your mom's John Lennon, you know? It won't play on the easy rock stations uh, alongside his double fantasy songs, for instance. I mean, it's really from a guttural, very deep, dark place and I just think it's it's amazing. I think it's an event of a of a track. And every time I put on uh, shaved fish, it's always like my favorite moment when Cold Turkey comes on. I just think it, man, it's a blast. It's like, man, this guy's scary on that track, you know. But yeah, love that song. Um, moving on to our next pick, so. For me, my next pick, moving to good old Ringo, the song that he co-wrote with Lennon, um, I'm the Greatest. Yes. I like the Lennon version, but this is so Ringo. Yes, it's so Ringo. And he's, he's not afraid to really 
you know, give it his all in terms of his, his acting, you know, you can hear that in his performance. It's fun. Yeah. I would give anything to see him just open a show with this. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know why he wouldn't, you know, I mean, Lennon wrote it for him as a gift. So it'd be like also an homage to John to sort of say, Hey, I'm I'm opening a show with this. And it's, it's cheeky as well. I'm, I'm the greatest, you know, but it's, it's Ringo. <laughs> very, very Ringo. But yeah, great pick, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So what are we up to? Number 10? Uh, no, we're a little bit past number 10. I, I think we're at number 13, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, my uh, number 13 would be Not Guilty. Awesome. Good, good um, pick. It's a song that I was in a rush to listen to the first time I got George Harrison, George Harrison from, from 79, because of course I love the version on anthology and I knew the version on anthology for at least 10 years before I actually got around, well, maybe not 10 years, but nearly. And so when I heard it at first, I was a bit disappointed because I was expecting the rock edge to it, but it's beautiful. It's reminiscent of the Yeshur demo version and it just sounds gorgeous it's beautiful it's beautifully played great bass I, I i absolutely love it yeah um i adore that song i've always adored it it's insane that they didn't put that on the white album the way it appears on anthology three is pure perfection it's such a great track and i would pick that over piggies and probably savoy truffle as well any day Okay. We disagree. We disagree? <laughs> yes. I, Over I, piggies or Savoy truffle especially? Both. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for Savoy truffle. I sometimes am a sucker for Savoy truffle. And I have to admit, when, when I'm playing the album in its entirety and we get to that song, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. So maybe I'm being unfair to, to, to the track. I like my uh, sweet. But it's not a song that I normally listen to if I'm making a Beatles mix. Yeah. So moving on to what's it? Yeah. My next pick, my number 13. Yeah. I went with a McCartney B-side, which I just love. It's my last McCartney pick. Um, Woman Oh Why. Oh, Woman Oh Why is a banger. Yeah. It's beautiful. It screams ACDC. I love the bam. From Denny Sewell, the bam. Yes. I think that's Spinoza coming in with that guitar riff and it just explodes. And I've adored that song forever. Yeah. It's a it's a great, great, great track. And one that I'm always in a rush to play for people who don't think that McCartney went back to his helter-skelter kind of rough edge very often. And I'm like, well, A Woman, A Why is a great example of him really letting it shred and scream and it's guttural. And yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah. Um, what's your next pick? My next pick is a uh, also a Paul song. And it's a little track off Back to the Egg. It's a song that I, I love to I love to listen to this track and just wonder what he was up to or what he was thinking to you. <laughs> I love to you. It's, it's bizarre. It sounds like he's purposely mumbling, fumbling, screwing up the words. He's doing all sorts of weird things with it. It really sounds like just a one take rough, like I'm going to work on this later, but then he decided, you know what? That'll do. It, it works. But I like that side of Paul. I know he does that perhaps for some too often, you know, just sort of say, ah, it's good enough. But I think with a song like To You, that good enough approach or mentality really works beautifully. I love it. Yeah, um, great pick. I liked that one a lot. I think it's Lawrence Juber's favorite song on Back to the Egging, interestingly enough. Right. I think I might have heard him say that. That's pretty cool. I, it's a, It's a great track. Yeah. Um, now going on to my next pick, a George song, the opening song from 33 and a third. 
right woman don't you cry for me yes i love that opening bass line the by willie weeks i believe yes then george comes in with then i love his vocals on that song i love the lyrics it's catchy i love the yacht rock side of that song it's very you know, you could almost picture the Eagles or or the Doobie Brothers tackling that song. Yeah, you know? it's this kind of song I want to hear at the grocery store. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> and it'll make me smile. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, great, wonderful. I like song. I like that you don't feel that's a criticism because a lot of people would think that's a criticism, but it isn't. I mean, it you know, good grocery store music is uh, can be it's better very than pleasant. what they play at my grocery store. <laughs> There you go. Uh, my next pick is a bit of a cheat in a sense that it's a little bit, pa- it was released past 1980, but it's a John song. And it's a song that with the pandemic, finally, we're hoping coming to an end. It, it seems really appropriate. I'm stepping out. Okay, fair enough. Really like that song a heck of a lot. I think it's great. Again, it's one of those tracks like, you know, maybe John, just like with Paul, with to you, he was probably planning on redoing that vocal, you know, um, but destiny took him away from us and he didn't get to redo those vocals, but it doesn't matter. They, they're beautiful and they're fun. He's clearly having a ball and, and I just love it. I listened to it on repeat uh, last summer when it started feeling for the first time, like maybe we were going to get out of the COVID thing course we weren't done yet but that song really spoke to me and it still does yeah i mean i i'm not a big fan of milk and honey as a whole it's not a perfect collection not by any uh extreme not not by any it it, it didn't feel finished like no and it doesn't like brainwashed which i think i didn't know that was posthumous for a long time oh okay yeah, but I guess maybe brainwashed is a little bit. Maybe he was a little bit closer to being finished in that in that case. Yeah, but he knew he was dying, and yes, I think he was like. He did. Whereas John, of course, had no idea, and John probably felt as though his career was finally restarting with Double Fantasy. Exactly, but um, moving on to your next pick. Oh, I already did mine. Never mind. My last job. Why? Yes. That's what your next pick is? No, actually, my next pick is You by George. It's, uh, I think we were discussing it shortly before uh, starting out the show. Uh, Extra Texture is not a great album. There's a lot of filler on there, but, and, and including You, which is reprised rather lazily later on in the album. But I think you is a burst of joy and energy. I think it sounds great. And I love to listen to it side by side with other records of that era. It, it really holds up. It's, it's a great track, even though lyrically it's completely bankrupt. I mean, he has two lines or one line. It's like, why don't we do it in the road? I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah. You. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, that's pretty- who. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it but it really works, you know. It's for some reason I you know I love I include it on every George playlist I ever do because I just find it it lightens the mood with a, a burst of mid seventies. You know, put that side by side with "Say You Love Me" from the yeah. White Fleetwood Mac album. My you favorite know, Fleetwood Mac song. It, it, it works kind of, yeah. you know? I mean, George Harrison is using a brass section, which is not very Fleetwood Mackey, but it's very mid seventies radio in, in a beautiful way. And, and I love it. Yeah. Um, moving on to- well, What would be your pick? Um, I have the song from Morota Gravior, uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold is great. McCartney and- written. And I act exactly. And I actually discovered that song during quarantine. I, I wasn't even aware. I thought I'd, I'd heard every song that Paul had written for Ringo, 
but I'd never heard pure gold. I love pure gold. It, it is sounds, pure gold. I mean, it sounds like Ringo, you know, with his shirt, you know, buttoned open with his big gold chain and his many rings. It's Gino Ringo, you know, but I, I, I absolutely love that song. That's a great, great pick. Yeah. And nobody knows that song. Am I right? Right. Um, I mean, you can't walk around with any casual fan and say, hey, let's discuss pure gold. I mean, people just don't know that song. And it's a shame. It's a really good one. Yeah. So moving on to well, your next pick. My next song would be a McCartney composition and one that I really think is um, a hidden gem. And it shouldn't be. It's included on Wingspan, which which I love. But uh, Daytime, Nighttime, Suffering, which you mentioned great earlier. It's such a great track. It's it's one of his, that is actually one of his masterpieces. And I say that I about so way too. too many McCartney songs, but that song really is. It is. Like, the sections uh, are are all gorgeous. It's every bit as strong as, as Band on the Run. It's just maybe not as radio obvious as Band on the Run was, maybe. And that's why it was just a B-side, but man, for a B-side, some bands would kill to have an A-side half as good as that B-side. Yeah, um, great track, I think. Um, moving on to my next Lennon pick, actually, um, that is, I know, I know the namesake to this show. Love I, it. It's crazy that that you picked that one as your next one because it's actually once again it's the it's the next one on my playlist. I know, I know. The namesake <laughs> of your show. I love that song. I and it's too. a song that I've known for um, I've known for pretty much 20 years, maybe a little bit more, but I only started really particularly loving it in the last couple of years just because I've been listening to it with fresher ears. And, you know, that connection that some people make with um, I've Got a Feeling. Do you make that connection? Yeah, I do. I mean, um, it's basically the same riff, right? Yeah, it is. That Good point, because I forgot about that. It's that, yeah. you know, it's that basically the same riff. It's just a little less dirty on the Lennon version. And I like people theorizing about it maybe being slightly directed at Paul in some yeah. of the words in there. I don't know if that's true. It was probably aimed at Yoko. Yeah, Yoko. I mean, because everything was about Yoko, right? But <laughs> I'd like to think that might have been about Paul because, you know, the man liked to write about Paul too. I mean, we've all heard how his, he's- His sleep. only loves, Paul and Yoko. <laughs> they, they are. They absolutely are the two loves of his life, Paul and Yoko. I don't think Cynthia figures into the equation, sadly. Yeah, poor Cynthia. Um, but how many picks do you have left? Um, I have two picks left after I know I know. Okay, I'm going to have you list your two picks because my Zoom recording is not going to like me. Okay, well, and so I'm going to do that very quickly then. Uh, a, a Total Obscurity by George Harrison from his Wonderwall album. Uh, again, <laughs> slightly before the Beatles split, but Party Seacomb. Love that. Uh, Party Seacombe. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it, but that is a great instrumental track. And I love slipping it into instrumental mixes and saying, hey, this is George Harrison because it's beautiful. Uh, and my last pick would be my absolutely favorite hidden gem by Paul from the 70s. I'm carrying. George loved that. And with reason. I, I think George would have done a beautiful version. I also think Lindsey Buckingham, uh, rumors era Lindsey Buckingham, would do a killer version of I'm carrying. Yes. I think maybe if he'd done it on Tusk, he would have, you know, weirded it up and maybe that, that, that song didn't need that. But it's beautiful guitar picking. It's a beautiful vocal, very vulnerable, beautiful. I, I, I love I'm carrying. Yeah, I do too. Um, but good pick. Um, my pick is, my last two picks are Dark Sweet Lady from the self-titled, written for Olivia, Always Love That, and um, Six O'Clock from Ringo. Wow, those are two songs that I absolutely love. Dark Sweet Le Lady is one of my favorite uh, 
um, songs from that album. And I'll always go back to uh, the first few months of quarantine when I listened to that song because I was listening to that album quite a bit back then. That's a great pick. And Six O'Clock is perhaps my favorite Paul Ferringo song of all. Yeah, good point. So um, I do want to just say you can email me at I know I know podcast at gmail.com. Um, you please subscribe to our YouTube page because let's just say Anchor is being a little bit of a pain and not putting stuff out to places. So I am working on that, but YouTube is the place where we can get, you can get all of our episodes for the time being. So thank you for listening and cheer up and don't cheer down. <laughs>